0: All right, it's Friday. We made it. Glad you're with us. Write down our toll-free telephone number. It's 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of this extravaganza, one bit of of good news. I know that we're all watching the the COVID spikes around the country. And, um, you know, it's, I mean, this has been a year of hell. When you look at the worst pandemic since 1917 to 18, the impact it's had on so many of of us and our lives. We're actually going to talk to business owners later And just, you know, what they are going through because of government just never ending, just shut down, shut down, shut down, shut down. Instead of being creative, learning from the science, you know, like I saw this place uh, recently I was passing by. uh, It was actually Chris and Tony's in Long Island, which is one of our favorite restaurants and like La Pazetta and Rothman's and Mario's. We love our certain places. And they actually had these bubbles where you could have like a dinner. The two or four people they got heaters in it and just like a, a cool intimate bubble you, you have your dinner and you know so they're coming up with innovative creative ideas in the plexiglass and you wear the mask even in the bubble except for when you're eating etc cetera, etc cetera. and and at some point people are also going to factor in there's nobody at this point that doesn't know the risks involved in getting on a jet airliner Is nobody that doesn't understand the risks involved in getting behind the wheel of a car every day. I I think it's a fairly accurate thing to say that most Americans now understand completely what social distancing is and what the imperative of masks and why you can't go to, you know, shopping if you don't have your mask on or you can't go to your local drugstore. I mean, all throughout this pandemic, I went to my local grocery stores, my favorite restaurants to usually order out way too much food. Um, and, you know, I went to my, gro- you know, sh- drugstore, grocery store, all these places. And I talk to people. This is what I do. I can't shut up. So I talk to people. And it's amazing that not one person at my local grocery store ever in a year got covid. Not one. And all these precautions were used. Not one person in the drugstore I go to ever got COVID. Not one. And now, look, it's a controlled environment in both places. They put in very, very stringent rules from the beginning about masks and gloves and plexiglass and and social distancing and all that stuff. And it it just worked. Now, it doesn't mean when. It seems like, at least where where we are now, that it's sort of like, here we go again. It's, we're back to where we were in the spring in terms of people contracting the virus. And just observing and hearing from people that have been getting it, you know, it tends to be more younger people. A lot of kids from college. There was a USA Today article about it coming back with the uh, virus. And we warned these kids. We kept saying, no, don't, don't bring this into the house to grandma and grandpa. Protect grandma, grandpa, mom, and dad. Or people that might have a comorbidity or an underlying condition, or or some type of compromised immune system, um, definitely the death rate is lower. But as of tomorrow, we're now getting logistically the military now is going to be delivering hundreds and hundreds of thousands and millions of vaccine doses to Americans. What a tribute to medical researchers and scientists! And frontline medical workers, and and by the way, they should get it first. The New York Times actually had on, on their website. A, you you fill out a form, you know, answer a few questions. Believe it or not, they consider if you are in the media as an essential worker. I guess because you have to get news and information out to people. I I checked the box and then I didn't check the box. I did it. I ran it twice. And in terms of what number I'm on the list after I put in my personal information, I was two hundred and sixty seven millionth in line to get the virus and in my home county I'm um, 1.1 1.1 million vaccine doses given out ahead of me before i'd get it or 16 million in the state of new york um a little less if i say essential worker but it's still 257 millionth on the line did you did you run your numbers through that linda or no
1: did i run my numbers yeah, in I other words, you wouldn't get the vaccine anyway in.
0: because you're, no. you know, you, you're anti-vax person. But I'm uh,
1: first of all, I am not anti-vax.
0: All right. On this, Polio. you're totally anti-vax.
1: Come on, this man. 100 percent.
0: Are you a junkie? Oh God, please
1: don't play Biden after me. Are That's you a just junkie? Cruel. Please. I can't. I really Come can't. do that man.
0: All right. But the point is, you know, you, you, you're you not interested. But By the way, you're a lot younger than us. So, you know, um, I don't want to be first on the list. I wouldn't mean,
1: vaccine at any age.
0: We, we should prioritize health workers, frontline providers. We should prioritize communities where there are higher incidents. We should prioritize older, more vulnerable uh, citizens first. That's, that's just common sense. So if I'm 268 million on the list, well, Hannity, can't you make a phone call? I hate when people say that stuff to me. I'm like, no, I'm not going to make a phone call. I can't stand these, these jackass celebrities that you hear make the phone call. You know, can I do this? Can I? Do... Oh, it drives me crazy. But, you know, so over there at MSDNC, good old Donnie Deutsch, uh, I guess, was on one of these shows over there anyway. And he actually said that uh, the president supporters, in other words, we irredeemable deplorables, we smelly Walmart shoppers, we, those that cling to God, guns, Bibles, religion, he called us that 50 million jerks who don't care about Americans dying in the pandemic. You know, when he was commenting on, I guess, the president's rally in Valdosta and other people discussing the death rate. Look, I, I hate to tell these condescending jackasses in the media because they think they're just smarter than everybody else and they've they, they thumb their nose at we the people. Um, everybody is making assessments every day about risks that they are willing to take in their own lives. And I know that the concept of real freedom and freedom of choice might be really alien to the woke population, but there are people that don't live in the exact state of fear that the media does. Now, with that said, I've been very clear. I don't know. I'm encouraging people. I said it was going to be short term. I turned out to be right wearing masks i said if it means i protect granny and grandpa i'm i'm gonna wear it i don't want anyone getting this stupid thing for me if i get it i get it i'll deal with it just like so many of you have had to deal with it and if i if i if they ever get to my number 268 million i would take the vaccine um uh, but you know i just urge people to protect their loved ones and those that might be more vulnerable so in other words if if you if you're willing to take the risk okay but don't Take the risk for grandma and grandpa. That would be my only request. You know, I'm not somebody that wants to dictate how people live their lives. Anyway, here's what Donnie Deutsch said.
2: But maybe we have to get to a point that maybe there are
0: 50 million jerks in this country.
3: Maybe that's the sad truth. And how do we manage that? Because Joe Biden is doing everything right.
0: Okay. 50 million jerks. Um, you know, but I've talked to enough business owners. So a lot of my friends, I mean, if you're in the restaurant business, you're dying. They're dying. And, and the, for most people that own restaurants, you got to understand something here. And having, man, my dad was a waiter. I worked in every job imaginable since I'm 12 years old in restaurants. I did it all. And I'm just telling you to open a door, you got to pay the rent or mortgage, Okay, it's a lot of money to open the door. Then you got to decorate the place. Then you got to build the bar. Then you got to, you know, put the tables, chairs in, build out the dining room. Uh, then you got to get the silverware, the cups, the saucers, the, the silverware, whatever you're going to get, whatever. Then you got to hire the cook, build the kitchen, hire the dishwashers, hire the busboys, hire the bartenders, hire the waiters and waitresses, uh, hire the people that are going to clean at the end of the night. Okay, now that's before you pay one penny That's before you get one cent back from selling a cocktail or a drink or a hamburger or a steak or shrimp scampi or whatever it is that people like to eat. I mean, and the margins on food are ridiculously low. I mean, if you buy fish, well, you better hope a lot of people eat fish the next two days because at some point you're going to have to throw the fish out if you buy too much. Or I mean it's it's a hard, tough business with very, very low margins. Now government comes, oh you're you're shut down. Well they're now they're done. And everything they they put into it, no matter how creative even some people get. You know, those that build these little bubbles outside of restaurants that you can have a dinner for two or dinner for four. Um and and the people in the bubble, I actually stopped by I saw my buddies Chris and Tony. They're actually you know, they're wearing the mask in the bubble with the heater in it. Okay, they're isolated. It's, you know, it's not ideal. Sure, everyone would rather be inside, but they're finding ways to survive. And then in comes the government, shut down now. And that's what they're doing. I mean, with no consideration of, of what it takes to run a business every day. I mean, balancing, yeah, you got to balance it all. I'm, do I have all the answers? I don't. The only thing I can say is I am grateful that American medical scientists, researchers, doctors, and frontline workers have worked so hard the last year. And now that this vaccine begins distribution uh, tomorrow and, you know, shots are going in arms, it it certainly will build that, quote, herd immunity, not the natural herd immunity, that everybody talked about. And with a 95% efficiency rate, efficacy rate, um, that is just an amazing testament to... American ingenuity and American greatness and invention and risk and reward. And, you know, certainly the government backing all of this up financially played a big role in that. For those that don't want to give Donald Trump credit for anything, that's what Operation Warp Speed was about because it allowed these pharmaceutical companies to go forward with this research at, at warp speed uh, so that they uh, knowing that they had some financial backup and they weren't going to go bankrupt as a company as a result of it all. That gave them a lot of flexibility and freedom to go all in faster, which means lives are saved. Listen, I've known people that have struggled with this thing, and I know plenty of people that had no symptoms. I know plenty of people that had, like, very little symptoms. You know, you just don't know if you're that 0.1% or point whatever percent of people that, you know, for whatever reason, underlying health condition, uh, comorbidity, or whatever— You know, this this virus just targets some and pits some people much, much harder. I mean, that's the insidious nature of it all. You know, the weirdest thing about viruses is you get these people that devote their entire lives to studying viruses. You know, why is it the H1N1 wasn't as deadly, but that tended to impact kids and not older people? Why is that? Why is this one tend to really go after older people, not younger people? And then again, the, the danger of being asymptomatic, you're at college, you're out, you go to parties, you come home, you see mom, dad, grandma, grandpa. That's what I've been telling these kids. Stay away from your mom and dad and, and do the quarantine thing if you're going to be around them and especially protect older people. This it's a, the right, considerate thing to do. You know, it's just basic, fundamental human decency. But can we find ways, creative ways to work with business and not just these broad, sweeping shutdowns? when you have people that are willing to work with you and to stay open and customers that want to go to these places there's got to be you know there's got to be a balance here while we get to the point where life gets back to normal hopefully by like may
4: the hospitalizations have continued to increase in new york city Uh, We said that we would watch it if the stabilization, if the hospital rate didn't stabilize, we would close indoor dining. It is not. We're going to close indoor dining in New York City on Monday. Uh, Outdoor dining and takeout continues. Outside of New York City uh, and in the orange zones, we're going to watch the indoor dining data. The numbers are down in the chart. Uh, but we're going to watch uh, over this weekend, and we'll make any adjustments next week if the data suggests.
0: I think he's getting another award for his leadership. Amazing. Uh, back to the the president now. The president's counsel, John Eastman, saying, "I suspect, and we'll get an update from Rudy on Hannity tonight." But the Supreme Court is going to meet in conference today to decide whether to grant Texas' motion to file the original action. And then they'll confront the issues about, like, whether President Trump can intervene himself. 18 states now and the president of the United States. You know, this is a real case. These attorneys general are not going to sign on to a case that is weak on law or weak on constitutional arguments. They wouldn't do it. And it does highlight how important the case is. And now you got 106 congressmen also weighing in and how necessary it is. You know, one friend of mine who knows the Supreme Court really well actually said, well, it may actually just shock everybody and just do the right thing. And if they do, then it's crystal clear what the right thing is. This is not a complicated case on the law or on the Constitution. Now, do I have a lot of faith in John Roberts? I don't. I've lost, frankly, I've lost all faith in him. Not exactly sure what happened. Now, we, we first saw evidence of this during the Obamacare case. And then reports that he had changed his mind maybe maybe more than one different time. And the problem is, is when you get away from the mission of what the court is, and in this case, resolving differences between the legislative branch and the executive branch and, and issues of real constitutional importance, and we'll get more into this in the next half hour, if they just stick to what their job is, these states deserve to have this thrown back at them Based on their actions, which should have been crystal clear to them in the beginning, were either illegal or unconstitutional, or both. Now, if you if you follow the law, you follow the Constitution, and we've gone over this in great specificity and detail. Then this is not a hard case to run, to do. Will they do it? Yeah, that's anyone's guess at this point. So we're really just waiting for the Supreme Court on Texas and the election challenge. We'll wait and see what happens. I agree with John Eastman, the uh, the president's counsel on the case, and others that I've talked to. 18 states, now with the president, now 106 congressmen, highlighting the importance of, on the law, the importance in, in every other way. Now you've got all these, look, the court tries to, just so you know, avoid anything that is you know, this hotly contested. But it's, again, if you stick to the law, it is what it is. You know, one thing President Trump warned uh, a Biden administration would be a, play, a a scandal-plagued mess. This is the biggest untold story of this entire election cycle. And that is, you know, remember New York Post, blockbuster, remember the, the Hunter Biden uh, laptop and Bob Alinsky and... Yeah, and, and put 10 aside for Joe and blah, blah, blah. Unbelievable. And, you know, it's, uh, they let him get away with it. They let him get away with it. We'll get into that in a second. Anyway, so we have now Michigan. It's It's interesting to watch the states mentioned in the suit by Texas and all these other states now joining. And I mean, joining the case as the Supreme Court now is going to make their decision. Um and what's pretty fascinating here is you know you got state legislators now responding to this and they're mad. I mean, but what's funny is the only answer they have is to basically go ad hominem. You know, Pennsylvania accuses Texas of of seeking to decimate the electorate. <laughs> okay, that where's the legal response to what they say? In other words, constitutionally, does Pennsylvania have the right To unilaterally extend or change the voting laws. They do not. That's just a legal, simple, basic, fundamental constitutional issue. Just like on the Pennsylvania case, as we had discussed earlier this week, it's again state legislatures. They are the ones that make the decision. Pennsylvania state constitution does not allow for rampant mail in balloting with specific language in it. This is the problem with the dual. A signature verification issue in Georgia. This is the problem with Wisconsin. Does not allow uh, uh, early voting, and then they're just setting up these tables all around Wisconsin, of course in Democratic areas, and and the methods by which you know one county or one state is certifying a vote versus another. Now, when you have four states like this, now it's outcome determinative. And that means that, well, they might be disenfranchising people in other states. So 39 states now have picked sides here, the vast majority of them, four defendant states, 20 Democratic AGs, all but one from uh, Democratic attorneys general and Republican attorneys general. And, you know, they're just assailing it. Oh, it's bogus. It's bogus. But they're not they're not answering the question on the law. You know, the state of Texas is not asking the Supreme Court to pick a winner in all of this. Not at all. That's not what this case is about. Although they do offer remedies. And as one of my friends said, well, it's going to be interesting to watch. They may actually just do their job and then see where they go. Because that's that would be what the law says. You know, it's unambiguous. If there's a controversy between two states, as far as original jurisdiction, that, that rests with the U.S. Supreme Court. This is... This is their mandate. This is, this, this is. And then people saying, well, what about standing? Well, I would say because it's outcome determinative, then that means the standing of any of these attorneys general that are Republican are legitimate, considering that it would disenfranchise the people in their state that they didn't follow the constitutional rules that apply to everybody else. It's not that complicated and a legal issue. You don't need to go to Harvard Law to figure this whole thing out. Anyway, 800-941 Sean if you want to be a part of the program. I I'll tell you the saddest thing that we're now discovering as it relates and I you know, I think I rightly say the Biden family foreign crime syndicate at this point. And the fact that the mob in the media literally and we're going to play it again, we played it yesterday. And big tech just decided unilaterally no evidence. No evidence. No evidence. No evidence. No evidence, no evidence. And then you have big tech literally censoring content. You couldn't even find the story and read it and determine whether it was right or not. Now, the whole time when we were going through the Ukraine thing, I kept pointing out uh, the quid pro quo with Joe and zero experience Hunter. Why? Because, well, the whole argument was by an anonymous hearsay, not really a whistleblower, whistleblower, you know, making the claim about, about talking a phone call with President Zelensky of Ukraine and President Trump. It ended up in that case, in spite of the entire impeachment fiasco, that we only ended up with one fact witness in the whole case. All these people we were hearing from, I think so, I I believe so, I thought so, it may have been. They were either a hearsay witness or they were offering opinions. They were opinion witnesses. The one person that actually had talked to Donald Trump said, yeah, he said he didn't want anything. No quid pro quo. No, he never said that. He said he just wants them to do the right thing and not surround themselves with corruption like the last leader. Okay. Well, he should be doing that as a good steward of all of our money. But there was Joe on tape before the, you know you know, the CMP group or whatever, or one of those groups. And he was there saying, you know, um, you got six hours, you're not getting a billion taxpayer dollars unless you, unless you fire this prosecutor. Son of a B, they fired him. Prosecutor did interviews. Washington Post, ABC, John Solomon. Prosecutor said I was fired because Joe Biden demanded I get fired so that they could get the billion dollars. And then we find out Hunter goes on GMA. No experience, oil, gas, energy, or Ukraine. Why are you getting paid all this money? I don't know. By the way, what's on this laptop that nobody's talked about yet is far worse than anything we've ever seen. I've been briefed on all of it. It just not at liberty to share it yet. There's a lot more there. I mean, a lot more there. And then I'm talking to somebody that's seen it. So, you know, that just showed the rampant hypocrisy. I mean, hypocrisy is everywhere. Russian interference matters except for Hillary's dirty dossier. Think about that. Hillary pays for a Russian disinformation dossier. Not one Democrat, nobody in the mob cared. You know, the idea that we're going to use that dirty, unverifiable dossier, without which you don't get FISA warrants, according to the people that even signed them, and Sally Yates and Andrew McCabe and everybody else, And then, oh, a year and a half after the whole mess, after the country's dragged through hell. Yeah, knowing what I know now, I I wouldn't have signed the dossier. You know, Mr. Higher Honor Comey or Sally Yates or Rod Rosenstein. All saying the same thing. No, I wouldn't have signed it, knowing what I know now. Nobody seemed to care that they were spying on a candidate then using Russian disinformation. I thought Russian interference mattered. I thought that quid pro quos mattered. They don't. I thought that China was a hostile actor. I mean, imagine the Trump kids, you know, flying on Air Force One with President Trump to China. Ten days later, they get a billion dollar private equity deal with no experience in it. Think it'd be a big deal? I think it'd be a big deal. How is it that the media decides that they're going to let Joe Biden hide in the basement for the whole campaign? And they're just they're just going to let him hide there, not answer any hard questions at all, ever. We're going to ignore how weak and frail and how he's struggling cognitively. We'll just forget that part. We'll just act like it's not happening. You know, one screw up after another, day in and day out. We'll forget all of that. We'll just tell the American public that there's no evidence, no evidence. Play the no evidence montage
3: i just want to deal in fact because there is so much speculation out there and there is zero evidence that hunter biden or joe biden did anything wrong here we should note again you you and i've said this in the air many times there is no evidence that joe biden was you know involved in any wrongdoing of course i want to note that there is no evidence that Joe Biden or Hunter Biden has done anything wrong. I just want to reiterate and let's be clear for the viewers. There
1: is no evidence Biden did anything wrong. I'll note again because it's important. There is no, I repeat, no. There is
3: no evidence that either Biden did anything illegal.
1: There's been no evidence. There was no evidence.
3: There's no evidence. There is no evidence.
4: There is not an iota of evidence. No, no
3: evidence Biden, Biden did, did anything, anything wrong. wrong. There's really no evidence that Joe Biden did anything wrong. Did <laughs> wrong. It, it, nobody's ever accused that, uh, I mean, there's no evidence. Es- evidence whatsoever that joe biden did anything wrong wrong. got that joe biden did nothing wrong hunter biden did nothing wrong
0: okay done nothing wrong well it turns out if you want to know what collusion is this is it you want to know why i call it the candidate protection program of the media mob and big tech mob because that's what it is they protected hillary they they, re- they didn't care about real Russian disinformation in 2016. They didn't care that they spied on a candidate or a president. They didn't care that they dragged the country through hell and lied to the country for three years. They didn't care about the quid and pro and quo in Ukraine with Joe and Hunter. They didn't care about the... The billion five deal with the Bank of China, the millions with Burisma, the Kazakh oligarch and the money wires, the first lady of Moscow, three and a half million dollar wire transfer. They didn't care about the Chinese national and the and the and the shopping spree of Hunter Biden and his family. They didn't care about the pictures. Remember the picture New York Post, a sleeping hunter with a crack pipe in his mouth. They just ignored all of it. And then the media, all this is coming out prior to the election. And what's the key takeaway in all of this is the mob, the New York Post was right. We were right. Peter Schweitzer was right. Ron Johnson was right. Charles Grassley was right. We're right again and they're wrong again. I mean, and I'd like to say that I'm doing some really spectacular, you know, work that's that's that complicated. Um, It's only complicated if you're dedicated to tell the truth. It's only complicated you know, if you're not willing to peddle conspiracy theories like the mob and big tech. I mean, you do understand that, that this had a the media smeared the New York Post and smeared conservatives. The Hunter Biden story has been real from the beginning. Now, oh, the ones that were telling us the whole time there's nothing there. We're lying again. I mean, the sanctimony, the self-righteousness, the agenda. I mean, is there any doubt by the meat? Is that not a campaign contribution? Is that not a massive campaign contribution? Is that not their own little latest collusion? Ends justifies the means. As long as they beat Trump, they don't care. Doesn't matter if there's witness after witness, whistleblower after whistleblower. Nothing is going to impact them. Now... Eighty three percent of Republicans. Yeah, think this election was stolen because they listen to the whistleblowers. They listen to the evidence. They listen to real people tell real stories. That's called evidence. They they watched and they looked at, well, why are dead people voting? Why are underage people voting? Why aren't the voter rolls clear? Why are secretaries of state, you know, just unilaterally bypassing state legislatures and just making up the new rules as they go along? You know, why is this only happening in these states, but every other state can get it right? You know, now, now, what What are you going to do if, you know, all these people that impeach Trump, how do you not impeach if it's Joe Biden one day? How do you not do it? It's a foreign, it's a family foreign crime syndicate. Got an email provided to the FBI. Pointing out that Hunter hadn't paid taxes on some of the Burisma payments. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. But now they're talking about money laundering as well. You know, pretty amazing stuff. I got to tell you, the amazing times we're looking, living in. They all have an agenda. You know, the difference between us and them is we're just honest about who we are. I'm a talk show host. I have an opinion. We also do investigative reporting. We do straight news. We do opinion. We'll talk about sports. Facebook is censoring us again. We'll get to that later in the program. We have one Daily Mail article. Hunter Biden raked in $6 million in nine months from Chinese businesses. I never got a penny. His lawyer had to fix up that mess. Well, he does have equity. (laughs) Millions and millions and millions in equity. Email provided the FBI shows Hunter hadn't paid taxes on Burisma. All the times Joe Biden falsely claimed the stories about Hunter were debunked. The media just basically took notes, took the dictation. I wasn't wrong calling it the candidate protection program. That's Joe Biden had it the whole election. Wait, you know, by the way, it's now going to be the if he becomes president, it's going to be the president protection program. They're not going to. Oh, it's so refreshing. We have somebody. He's not Trump. That's all it is for them. Because everybody feigned. They were so outraged over the tweets. By the way, it's going to become a common phrase. Get used to it. Do you you miss Trump yet? Have buyer's remorse yet? All right. Hour two, Sean Hannity show, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program on this Friday. All right. Let me go to now Peter Schweitzer, a friend of this program, long time, great researcher, author. He really got this whole Biden family corruption scandal started. And and I, I remember reading his book when it first came out. I think it was January of 2018. And it's called Secret Empires. And by the way, to Peter's credit, he's not really partisan. He's with the Government Accountability Office. And he goes after a lot of Republicans in this as well. But I don't think anyone quite meets the level of corruption of the uh, hunter, uh, zero experience hunter, quid pro quo Joe level. Um, And there is credit to be given to people like Senator Ron Johnson and Senator Chuck Grassley for following it. But all of this, when you look at the New York Post and Bob Alinsky and the breakdown and the corruption and then the outright censoring of the information, we've got ourselves a massive information crisis in this country. You know, anywhere between 10 and 17 percent of people said they would they wouldn't have voted for for Joe Biden had they known. Well, the media in their mass contrib- contribution and big tech and their mass contribution and allowing Joe to be in the candidate protection program in his basement bunker. Well, and then do the job of pounding Trump every second of every day. They did. They did everything. Any campaign would ever want. He didn't have to leave the basement. Let me go to a couple of clips here, then we'll invite Peter back on the program because he's so well-versed on all of this. First, I want to start with fake news CNN. And remember, Undercover, Project Veritas, great work, James O'Keefe, dismissing the Hunter Biden story. Then you got people like fake Jake News Tapper and Kustidan Amanpour. Oh, there are no facts to support the Hunter Biden story. Or Leslie Stahl saying that Biden is not in the middle of a scandal. Listen. I think uh,
5: on the Breitbart New York Post Fox News rabbit hole of Hunter Biden, which I don't think anybody outside of that world understood last night. Um, obviously, uh, we're not going with the
6: uh, New York Post story uh, right now on Hunter Biden, and uh, which seems to be uh, giving its marching orders to Fox News and the right-wing echo chamber about what
2: to uh, talk about today. Obviously, Hunter Biden's lawyer is quoted in that New York uh, Post piece, and we'll just continue to report out this is the very stuff that the president was impeached over, this this is the
3: stuff that Senate committees looked at and found nothing
2: wrong in uh, Joe
3: Biden's uh, interactions. Hey Jeff, it's just David on the Burisma story and we should be awfully careful about that, obviously. But I do think there's a media story of what in the world aren't uh, Maggie Hammerman and uh, Jake Sherman doing, retweeting that story. Uh, Bakari, the the right wing is going crazy with uh, all sorts of allegations uh, about Biden and his family. Too disgusting to even repeat here. Uh, I mean, some of the ones I've seen from the president's son and the president, some of the president's supporters are are just wildly unhinged. If it's me or you, Jake, somebody goes after our kids, you know, you want to you want to go back at them just as hard as they're going after your children. And that's Biden's record. I mean, he gets passionate about defending his kids. I
1: know the FBI has verified Everybody to look at that, but that's not what we're hearing from Why the Why don't FBI? you want to
7: report what, this? This is the one of the what, most powerful no, families Liz, in Washington, Liz, the Liz, Biden family. And you're okay? You're okay with our interests being Liz, sold out to profit Liz, uh, Joe Biden and his family when when we're suffering during a pandemic from communist yes, China? He's doing shady business absolutely. deals Liz, with communist you know, China. You're well, comfortable? Okay. As
1: as you know perfectly well, I'm a journalist and a reporter, and I follow the facts. And there has never been any issues yes, in terms this. of corruption. Now, let me ask you this. Yesterday, the wait, FBI. Wait, wait, the wait, The How do you and, know that? I'm talking about reporting and any evidence. I'm talking to you now. Okay, I would love if you guys would start, start doing the that digging and
7: start doing that verification. No, we're not going to do your
1: work for you. I want to ask you a question. The FBI. It's a journalist's contrary,
6: job. It's a journalist's job to, to, to find
7: out if this is verified.
6: I wish you would interview Joe Biden like you interview me. It would be so good. You know what? You the, like this, the, I
7: thought. I thought you I don't liked mind spa, it. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. But when
6: I watch him walk out of a store and he's walking with a ice cream and the question the media asks him, what kind of ice cream, what flavor <laughs> ice cream do you have? <laughs> and he's in the midst of a scandal.
7: He's not.
6: And he's taking. F- he's of course not. he is, no. Leslie. Come on. Of course he is.
0: What part of the scandal does she not understand? Anyway, Peter Schweitzer is with us. You know, now all of a sudden the acknowledgement by Hunter that, yeah, he's under investigation and uh, something we've known about for a long time, Peter. Um, This is not a small scandal. This is the Biden family foreign crime syndicate, basically, we're talking about. And if the last name were Trump, we both know the coverage would be dramatically different. Now we censor stories. Now we hide it from the public. And and now all of a sudden they get him elected and then they're going to try and what, just ease it over like they always do.
2: You're exactly right, Sean. And, and here's the thing: I mean, the media is telling us the reason they didn't cover this story is because it's no big deal. The fact is, they didn't cover this story because it's a huge deal. Uh, and a lot of the polling that has come out since the election that describes the fact that that there are a lot of Biden supporters that had they known what we na- what they now are learning about Hunter Biden uh, because of the the blackout from the mainstream media, they didn't know before. They but it's hu-
0: but it's Hunter system. and Joe. It's not just Hunter.
2: Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And it's not just Hunter. And this is the key the key ingredient um, <clears throat> that the media is also trying to do. They're trying to say this is a Hunter Biden thing. I mean, you, on that that uh, those clips that you showed earlier, they're talking about Joe Biden's kid. Hunter Biden is fifty years old. He's not a kid. He's an adult, and he's been going around the world meeting and doing business deals with thugs, corrupt oligarchs that. If, if, if uh, the Trump family or, or other uh, Republicans were doing, they would be reporting. And, and, you know, rightfully so, that's what they're supposed to do. But the, the journalistic malpractice that has occurred is shocking. Uh, Sean, I remember back, this takes us way back, remember back in 1984, Gary Hart is running for president of the United States. And he told the media, I'm not having any affairs, I'm not unfaithful to my wife, what did the media do? They actually staked out and tried to determine whether, it was that tr- whether that was true, and they showed that it was not, that he was lying to the media. What we have today with the media is the Biden family has repeatedly lied to them. Hunter Biden going on ABC News and saying, I have never received a penny from the Chinese. We know that he got $5 million from CEFC. We know he got that diamond. We know that they got the $100,000 shopping spree. We know he got an equity stake from Bohai Harvest, the Chinese government-backed investment fund. That's a flat-out, bold-faced lie. And the media is accepting it. Unlike 1984 when they said, we're going to try to verify this and see if Gary Hart is telling us the truth or not. When it comes to the Biden, they accept it. The Bidens are allowed to lie to them. And they just don't seem to care. It's
0: astonishing. It's astonishing, Well, You know, you do deserve a lot of credit because you put a lot of work into this, and it's gone back many, many years here. Um, But I think the media is smearing the New York Post. And and frankly, you know, they did everything they could do to ignore you. You want to talk about what real collusion is? There was actually a pretty interesting post editorial today about this. Um, Yeah, that's their favorite word over the last four years but you know what collusion really is when you got the left wing media mob, you got the big tech media mob, you got a presidential candidate that's in the, their, their candidate protection program living in his basement bunker, never asking this guy a single tough question, uh, and then doing the work of the campaign, the Biden campaign, trashing the president every second, every hour of every day. And that's after four year, long years of lies and conspiracy theories and a hoax one after another, perpetrated on the American people. Now, I'm just worried about information, Peter. I mean, it's like you're a light in a very dark sky. I mean, there's there's a few of us on radio and just a few of us on TV, and that's pretty much it.
2: Yeah, no, you're you're exactly right, Sean. I mean, it, it's it's. Uh... Uh, you've been there from the beginning. Uh, Mark Levin has been there. I'm I'm actually uh, doing his, uh, his uh, Fox show uh, this weekend for an hour. Mark Levin has been there. Uh, a couple of other people at Fox, uh, the New York. R- Rush has been there. That's yeah, it. that's yeah, it. Absolutely, Rush has been there. That's it. Um, and and yet the truth stands. And to just draw the contrast, I want to really flesh out what you just said before. Remember when we went into the whole Russia hoax, they had this dossier that, of course, was paid for by the Clinton campaign that was anonymously sourced. It had no references. It had no evidence. It was just, just made-up stuff. And they had a meeting at Trump Tower, and that became the predicate for talking about four years of collusion. What do we have with the Biden? We have the records of business deals that the Biden family, while he's vice president of the United States is doing with the communist government of China. That's not in dispute. So the question becomes, which one actually has evidence of collusion? You had no financial transfer involving the Trumps. The dossier was completely garbage. The the meeting in Trump Tower was nothing. In the case of the Bidens, the media hasn't even looked at any of it, and they've declared that there's no relationship here to worry about. Yes, they've done business deals together. Uh, yes, they're giving the Bidens all of these deals that they have no background and expertise in. But we're just going to refuse to look there. Um, and let me just make one final point on this, Sean. Look. Russia is a threat to the United States, but by far a bigger threat to our future and our security is China. And what we've seen in the last three, four years has been this diversion, this building up of China, is this. Uh, sorry, of Russia is this massive threat. It's a declining economy. Yes, they present challenges. But everybody that knows anything about national security shows that China is the threat we face. And that is the partner that the Bidens have been doing international business with for the last seven to eight years. And that should be the central concern of everybody, that it's possible that our future commander-in-chief is business partners, his family is, with our chief rival on the global stage.
0: All right, quick break. More with Peter Schweitzer. He's blown this whole thing wide open from the beginning with his book Secret Empires. We have a link on Hannity.com, Amazon.com. Hunter Biden, there's no evidence that he's done anything wrong.
3: We all know that Hunter Biden, there's no evidence of any wrongdoing with him. Hunter Biden did nothing wrong. There's no evidence of wrongdoing by Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden is completely peripheral here. First, because there's no evidence that Hunter Biden or Joe Biden committed any crime. no evidence that hunter biden did anything illegal may have been unseemly influence peddling on hunter biden's decision despite no evidence that he has done anything wrong there's no evidence to support
6: the claims about joe biden's son
0: all right as we continue peter schweitzer he blew all of this hunter zero experience hunter joe biden quid pro quo china connections russia connections ukrainian barisma connections he blew it open in his best-selling book secret empires in january of 2018 we continue with him you know the thing is is now what do the chinese possibly have on joe what do they have on hunter Is joe biden compromised by the chinese by the ukrainians is he compromised by the russians is he compromised by kazakhstan these oligarchs all these people all this money is he you know do we now have somebody that that might be the president that's that compromised
2: i i think there's no question that that you have to worry about that you have to worry about number one Uh, that they are getting favorable treatment from the Bidens because uh, the the Chinese government has helped the Bidens become wealthy. Number two, you have the issue of compromised information. Um, You've got these money flows. Uh, The Chinese could basically blow Joe Biden up by coming... Well, let me ask this.
0: Well, when they say, oh, there's no evidence, just like with this election fraud, you have whistleblower after whistleblower (laughs) after eyewitness after eyewitness after eyewitness. Uh, there's right. plenty of evidence they're actually we, we, we are following literally bank transfers, wire transfers, yeah. meetings trips yeah. all of it.
2: Yeah no that, that's exactly right Sean and 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 here's why I think this case, is so important. You know, some people in the media are sort of saying, well, this is kind of a tax case with Hunter Biden. This is something far more important than this. If you talk about people that look at financial crimes, whether it's public corruption or money laundering um, or, or, you know, tax issues, you start at tax issues. Why? Because when you declare that you're investigating tax crimes, we have tax treaties with countries around the world because governments obviously love to collect their taxes, and they don't want people cheating on their taxes. By declaring this as a tax crime, this is going to give prosecutors access to financial records and bank accounts and LLCs that we know the Bidens have. Uh, some of them have come up in, in the financial records that have already been re, you know, released in court cases. But the bottom line is this is going to give them access to the sort of sinews and nerves of the Biden financial flow from overseas. And I believe that this is just the beginning, the tip of the iceberg. It's going to begin as looking at tax crimes and money laundering, and it's now going to become other issues related to public corruption. And for that reason, Sean, it's essential that we have a special prosecutor that is independent of the Department of Justice to make sure that this gets looked into, because if we have a President Biden, he is going to shut down this investigation immediately because this is not just about his son, this is about himself and it's about the entire family
0: all right, Peter Schweitzer, I mean it's just amazing amount of information, honestly. You you have to, have to get his book, Secret Empires. We're going to link it on com. It came out in 2018. It's more relevant today. Peter, thank you for sharing, as always. We'll be watching you on Life, Liberty, Levin on Sunday. Thank you, sir. 800-941-SHAWN. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, oh, we've got uh, one of the people testifying before the Georgia Senate yesterday. Uh, we'll get to that. We've got other issues we're going to get to, including small welt and everything else on the ballot. Quick break. Right back. We'll continue. All right. Twenty five till to the top of the hour. Eight hundred nine, four one. Sean, you want to be a part of the program? I know it's a big ask. I know that the country's putting a lot of pressure on Republicans and conservatives and patriots down in Georgia. Um, the only thing I could say is I'm, I'm not asking my friends in Georgia to do anything that I myself would not do. And that is put a lot of urgency in the Senate runoff races. Um, And I'm not uh, in spite of your own local officials. And that, of course, being the governor, lieutenant governor and that idiotic secretary of state you have. Uh, I understand people's frustration with all that we've learned that went on down in Georgia. I'm not going to go through all of the details. We've been giving it out all week. Underage people voting, people that moved voting, people that never re registered voting, dead people voting. We we have it all chronicled. But that does not you know, anger towards Kemp or any of these other Republicans does not help the country. And and if you support the president, you know, it's been four years of a very, very heavy lift, uh on hard work, dedication and and just grunt work every day just grind work every day to to fight for the changes that he implemented and all of that hangs in the balance and it hangs in the balance not only for georgia but for the entire country and so it's a big ask i understand completely but there are good people in elected office down in georgia there was a hearing down there yesterday with garland favorito explaining the inconsistent voting spikes for Joe Biden on election night. I do hope that the people of Georgia, the, the, the elected officials in Georgia, I, I hope they're watching chain of custody with these drop boxes, which they should. I hope they're making accommodations that every vote has partisan observers. Uh, I hope they're checking the voter rolls of every single person that makes an application and, in terms of an absentee or a mail-in ballot I would hope that they would have fixed the signature verification system. So you don't have two standards. I guess that's too much for somebody to ask for. I'm putting that aside. Here's from yesterday's testimony. This is before uh, the Georgia House in their committee hearing yesterday.
4: Fast forward to 822 a.m. A woman with blonde brains, uh, braids brings in a skirted table into the room. The room itself, I believe violates uh, Georgia law for transparency, but the skirted table, I would think certainly should do that. At 9.30 a.m. after the delay from the uh, water main break that never really was a water main break, it was just a leaky uh, toilet or urinal, um, excuse me, urinal, ballot processing began and it continued through the day. At 10 p.m., everything seems to be normal. The same woman in blonde braids now dressed differently Uh, came out, changed clothes uh, with a different change of clothes, announced that the processing will stop for the night. You can see back here, the observers are uh, present at that time. The observers are still present at 10.40, but everything has been closed up here. The monitors still stayed. And at 10.55, the monitors and the FOX 5 reporter leave, but the four workers still remain, at least four, maybe more. 1103, the woman in the uh, blonde braids begins to pull out uh, suitcases from underneath this um, skirted table. 1104, another suitcase goes out. And 1105, the supervisor pulls out another suitcase from under the skirted table. 1110, the scanning of these ballots continue uh, back in the, here in this area where there's at least four scanners. They do about 3,000 an hour. The scanning continued for approximately two hours uh, with no one present, all in violation of Georgia law as near as I can tell. At 12:55 the scanners leave uh, after scanning uh, approximately 15 000 to 20,000 ballots onto memory cards. and 135 40 minutes later, there is a tremendous spike in in the votes for Joe Biden, a hundred thousand uh, vote spike. See how inconsistent this is with everything else. This is the time over here on the left-hand side, and this is the the votes uh, that went up the the, the Biden's uh, change and Trump's change by uh time frame of each of these feeds.
0: what you're hearing there is garland favorito who is now testifying yesterday before the georgia state senate uh exposing what is remember the videotape that we saw he uh, joins us now uh garland thank you for being on the program so just to let people understand the reason you're talking about a woman with blonde braids is because that you're looking at the videotapes that we've all seen correct yeah,
8: that's exactly right, Sean. Um, she was the woman uh, who came out and put the table out there, and she was also the one who uh, started the the but the uh, excuse me the ta- the suitcases from being removed and the whole ballot processing from starting. She was the one also that told uh, everybody that they weren't going to process any more ballots, and then they continued on for two hours scanning ballots illegally with no monitors there. And, and By the way, you a- would be
0: called what's called a whistleblower. Well, what's interesting about this, and I want to really go through this in detail here, is that there, the media was in the room. You mentioned, uh, I believe it was Fox 5. Uh, you had the regular observers in the room. They're asked to leave the room. Then you go through very specific detail as where the ballots were under the table. They lift them up in the suitcases, take them out, said no more voting's going on for the evening. Not only did you watch the vote counting then begin again, but only with the few select people in the room without the partisan observers. But then you're watching the vote tally go up in and around the same time. That's something that nobody else had tied together before.
8: Well, exactly, Sean. Now, technically, I was not in the room that particular moment. So the I did observe at State Farm Arena on several occasions, and I was trying to provide context for the legislatures uh, so that they can understand what was going on. But you're right. Um, that was the key piece of evidence that I wanted to provide at the Senate hearing when I was booted off the, the uh, agenda list by the chairman. And I could have tied that back a week ago to show that 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 burst of 100,000 votes came right after that, all for for Joe Biden. But I was scheduled to go up by the president's legal team, but the chairman booted me off a week ago.
0: Okay, so they they did. Now, what was the response as you were presenting this uh, before the Georgia State Senate yesterday?
8: Yeah, yeah, it was it was the House uh, yesterday, Sean, and it was crickets. I was expecting to get a lot of uh, questions um and they and particularly from the democrats um but I didn't even get one challenging question on my whole testimony they just moved right on uh, and kept going um and then they did come back one of the uh, uh friendly representatives did ask me a question but I was kind of I was really kind of surprised I thought uh, I would get some really really Uh, aggressive questions, but uh, particularly from the Democrats. But what's ironic about the whole thing, Sean, is that uh, I was in the trenches with the Democrats last year when we opposed House Bill 316 that led us to this disaster. That was the Republican establishment last year, and now this year, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, the system proved to be as bad as what we believed last year, so I guess um, that might have had something to do with why they didn't ask any aggressive questions. But there's just there's no answer. You know, uh, there's just no response to this. It's compelling evidence, and no one can refute it.
0: You know, it's so interesting. That what are you hearing from from fellow conservatives in Georgia? knowing that there's now this disconnect and anger towards the governor, the secretary of state, lieutenant governor, and others, and yet we have the this runoff race. Today's the 11th, and January 5th, voting starts in, in three days. We got, you know, Monday in-person early voting begins in Georgia for the Senate runoff. That's a big deal.
8: Absolutely, Sean, and it's a great point that you brought up. And there is just tremendous anger down here. With the governor, um, in light of the compelling evidence that this election was stolen from the president and the governor not calling a special session to uh, to address the electoral votes of the state of Georgia, the Republicans in Georgia are are really really upset, and um, there, there's just a uh, you know in, in addition to that, you've got the Secretary of State covering up for these these Fulton County operatives who, it's appear obvious, that stole the election. Uh, I, I never would believe that the Secretary of State of Georgia, the Republican Secretary of State, would allow the Democrats to steal a presidential election. But that is what they're doing right now. They're in tremendous cover-up mode. The Republicans are so upset about this. Um, that you know, and all the governor has to do is call for the legislative session and resolve this issue at the legislature, uh, at the legislature on Monday, and award the electoral votes properly, uh, because you know the pre- this this race was stolen, and I told them yesterday, this steal is real, and, and the president deserves the Georgia electoral votes.
0: You know, the the problem is is that I, I think for voters now they, they've got to bifurcate and compartmentalize this. Because, and this is what I'm trying to get to the heart of here, do do Georgia Republicans, conservatives, patriots, do they, I'm sure they do understand how impactful these runoff elections are, whether they're they're angry or not. Am I wrong? Uh, Listen, I'm not asking them to do anything I would not do myself. And if this was me, and this was my state, this was my election, I guarantee you I'd be out there voting.
8: Absolutely right. I mean, uh, all the Republicans want to vote. That's not the issue. What we're concerned is that these same operatives will steal the U.S. Senate race. They're still counting votes in Fulton County. They'll be counting the, the votes again in the U.S. Senate race. And uh, if they can steal the presidential race, they will steal the U.S. Senate races, both of them. And that's the concern right now. And the Secretary of State is allowing them to do it.
0: All right. We really appreciate you update us garland thank you and we're watching very closely georgia it's a big ass the country needs you uh this transcends anything to do with any locally elected or state elected official uh this is if you care about the president and the hard work and the agenda that he's accomplished you, you got to try you got to give it your best shot um i'm not asking you to do anything i wouldn't do i would vote and i would do it enthusiastically and it begins monday pretty scary scary times really all around uh let's say hi to mike is in north carolina what's up mike how are you glad you called
3: sean yeah hey since election day i've been in georgia uh five days as a republican volunteer and i i'm here to tell you you know garland stole some of my thunder but uh, it's a jump ball down there i can tell you from being on the ground uh there is the 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 voters are disheartened they're they're they're, honestly there's some apathy and i think it's going to require all hands on deck the next three weeks to get the results that that Republicans and conservatives want to see in Georgia. It's going to be razor close. And I just think you know, we have to make them understand that every Georgia voter is equivalent to 50 to 100 Americans. They have to understand that. And uh, I'm not sure that message is getting. And
0: as you're, as you're talking to people on the ground, some people are feeling apathetic. When you talk to them, can well, you convince you them? Know,
3: people like you and I, we're so connected to it. We live it, we sleep, drink, and eat this stuff.
0: But no, I know. And not everybody person, does, which means that totally you and I are losers. I accept that I'm a loser. I'm not calling you one. I, I'll speak for myself.
3: Yeah, but in this COVID environment, people, that, like Garland just said, they feel like fraud enabled Biden to win Georgia, and they lack confidence in the state's ability to secure this runoff. And if you even lose 3 to 5% of people because of that, that can be the difference. And there, there is. They're disheartened. Madison Cawthorn in North Carolina just wrote a great message out about how he understands why Georgia voters would be disheartened. He's right. He's got it. We've got three weeks to change that attitude.
0: Listen, I, I, I'm sympathizing with the people. I am uh, I am more angry and frustrated at these so-called Republican elected officials in Georgia than I am at anybody else, because they, they, you know, and I'll tell you what it really is rooted in. They don't want to have to admit they were wrong. They don't want to have to admit they screwed up. They don't want to admit the consent decree uh, was not constitutional. They just want to hide what they haven't figured out yet is they're never going to be elected again. But that's separate and apart from what's happening in, in less than a month now. Three weeks. It's ridiculous. Uh, anyway, appreciate it, Mike. Thanks for all you're doing down there. and We're we're begging the people of Georgia to please help us. Help the country, please. We need you. Uh, and I'm not, a, a, am, I, a, am I beneath begging, Linda? No, I'm not. I'm I'll actually begging. Absolutely. I think it's fair. 100%.
3: <laughs> Coming up next, our final news roundup and information overload hour.
0: All right, News Roundup, information overload on a Friday. Your call's coming up, final half hour of the program today. Um, you know, with all of the, the new developments as it relates to corona, he, look, I, I can't. I don't have enough good things to say about medical researchers and scientists and doctors and EMTs and nurses and frontline people that have been on the front lines of this now for, you know, almost a full year. It was January 21st this year the first identified case of coronavirus in the country. I mean, you know, the worst pandemic since 1917 and 18. And and lo and behold, now we have therapeutics like that literally are saving lives that would have otherwise been lost, like Regeneron and Eli Lilly, et cetera, et cetera. And more importantly, uh, now we have the authorization of the vaccine, which is going to be distributed at warp speed with military logistics and now getting out to the people that are most vulnerable and frontline health workers uh as we should be and then i would argue the next step I actually took this they they have this you put in your information in the new york times we could put it up on our website linda i think i'm on the list they figure out and calculate where you are on the list i'm at like 268 but now i mean you have this case out in california and this poor woman owns a business and she's pointing out, I, I've got outdoor space with, so, with social distancing, plexiglass and everything in between. I'm not allowed to open, but they're producing a film over here. Let me show you the dining room here. You know, I know the people in Staten Island. Listen, everybody knows what the rules are. Everybody knows about social distancing. Everybody knows about wearing masks. Everybody. And some people are willing you know you you calculate risk in life every day getting on an airplane getting in a car you know if you want to go to a restaurant indoors you're making a choice i don't think anybody can say at this point this late date that they don't know as long as you're not going to affect other people older people those that really could have a hard time with this uh, at some point there's got to be freedom because these businesses are dying lou uh uh, Gellermino is with us. He's the lawyer for that Staten Island bar owner, Danny Presti. I mean, he was running for his life the other day. Two guys jump on his car that tends up their cops playing that didn't identify themselves, He's trying to get the guy off the front of his car. He wasn't trying to hurt the guy, and it turned out he wasn't hurt. Amy Heikinen is with us, the owner of Casa Rosetta, uh, and her attorney, Eric Uh, Cullen is with us uh, about the shutdowns in New York, Michigan, respectively. Lou, I I had you on the program with Danny, and I'm like, uh, I mean, I feel so bad for this guy. And I love the community wants to rally around him. If they want to take a risk at this point, I don't think the government needs to send in the police squad, the COVID squad, to arrest everybody.
5: You know, Sean, it's sad. Uh, You know, I'd like your, your listeners to picture this. You're on Mainstream America, Main Street America, Anywhere USA. On one side of the street, you have a pub serving alcohol, the owners making money. And on the other side of the street, literally, you have somebody that has the same type of establishment that can't. How about even this? How about on one side of the street is Fox News and one side of the street is CNN and Fox News is not allowed to broadcast? Right? Or even one more example.
0: By the way, this about, is, if, if for people that don't understand what you're saying here, this is real. I mean, it's right. so arbitrary and capricious is what you're right.
5: saying. Exactly. It's literally happening. How about the guy on the right side of the street can feed his family and buy Christmas presents for a family, and the guy on the left side of the street cannot that's what's going on in america right now that poor woman that you have on uh, that uh, that you have on with us i our heart goes out to her but that's happening right here in staten island also that's literally happening right here in america and not only that how about the guy standing in the middle of the street is the mayor and the governor and not only are they not allowing you to open they're mocking you and lecturing you And talking down to you and treating you like they don't work for you. So that's what's Uh, going on here at
0: Staten Island. And by the way, when Danny was running and I watched, these were plainclothes policemen. Now, by the way, all my cop friends were watching the segment in New York and they're like, that's not us. Excuse me. No, we don't want to do that job. Um, And apparently, I guess it was Comrade de Blasio that sent in his guys. That's what they that's what they were telling me. But in the report, you said they'd never identified themselves as police officers, right?
5: They're not police officers. They're, let's make that perfectly clear. NYPD and the state troopers want nothing to do with this.
3: this
5: yeah, I, by NYPD. the way, they let
0: me know loudly it wasn't them. Trust me.
5: Yeah. And and we've been making sure everybody knows this was the sheriff's deputies that had been conscripted by de Blasio to be his own personal political hit force. They did not. They, they literally ambushed him two blocks away from his restaurant.
0: And he was they running for his life.
5: Well, they came out of the shadows twenty five yards behind them, with complete dark outfits on with skull caps on, and yelled "Pris Presty!" and start sprinting towards him. That's confirmed in the police report. so they they literally ambushed him. Any American, any reasonable person would have started running for his
0: car and when the guy was on top of the car, you could see that Danny's just saying, "Get off my car." He's stopping it, so the guy had an opportunity to get off. He doesn't want a guy, you know, hanging on to the front of his windshield as he's driving. He's given him opportunities by stopping to get off his car.
5: That's exactly what happened, Sean. And I'm, I'm glad uh, everybody had a chance to to see it. We're the ones that released the video. He went slow. He was trying to shake him off a little. He right. there's a huge. There's a huge man dressed all in black with a skull cap on, standing up, uh, grabbing to the grabbing the front of his car. What would any reasonable person do? Man, I know. Governor Cuomo was tougher than the rest of us. Maybe he would have stood and fought with them, but the rest of us would have did exactly what Danny Presti
7: did.
0: Uh, Let me go to you, Amy, and you're the owner of Cafe Rosetta. Tell me about your business.
7: So, yeah, in a word, this is about independence. This is deeper than just my business. Um, One day, I finally said no to my abusive husband and decided to go on my own, and I vowed never to be dependent on anyone again including the government, so Cafe Rosetta saved me. I was a single mom, newly divorced, with six kids that only knew wel- welfare, and I knew there had to be a better way. Cafe Rosetta gave me a place to focus all my energy, uh, baking, cooking, barista. Nine years later, I built a successful business. I'm independent, and I refuse to be independent, um, or dependent, uh, on anyone, even the government it's just it's just not negotiable
0: yeah i mean it's and it's very hard. Tell everybody the reality of what you're experiencing though
7: so today we're open and we're being fined a thousand dollars a day just for being open I'm trying to support my family. We have thirty employees it's been over thirty days now at a thousand dollars a day. The local health department, state local governments are emailing, sending certified mail for The uh, fines, Uh, we have court dates. I spent five hours in court yesterday on Zoom just defending myself.
0: Unbelievable. Eric, I mean, is there any remedy? Is there any solution, any options for people like uh, Amy that they can, you know, get their businesses up and running? You know, look, I I speak from experience here. My dad was a waiter on weekends. I grew up washing dishes and bussing tables and waiting tables and tending bar. I did it all. And I was even a cook for a while. And, you know, to open a restaurant, I don't think most people understand. You, you've got to either pay the rent or the mortgage. Then you've got to hire the people. Then you've got to build out the, the place. You've got to build out a bar. You've got to build out tables. You've got to, you know, make it look nice. You've got to stock everything. Then you've got to stock your kitchen. You put in your dishwashers and your cooks and then your waiters and waitresses and bartenders. And that's all this money pouring out the door, Eric, before you ever sell a single drink or a single hamburger.
6: Yeah, tell me all about it, Sean. Yeah, you know, I started I'm actually an advocate, not a formal attorney, but I'm definitely an advocate of Amy. Uh back in April after the first shutdown I started a campaign called All Business Essential. And I got vocal at that time because they decimated my one of my businesses. Jeffs absolutely knocked it on the ground. And I raised some money. I did a billboard and a media campaign fighting the unconstitutional mandates that Gretchen Whitmer threw at us and when Amy showed up at Cafe Rosetta, it's in my town, and I heard she wasn't shutting down. I just absolutely felt compelled to help her. And the more the more I get to know Amy, you know, it's just the more amazed I am by the story. You talk about your family. She, she's absolutely the sweetest I, I mean, how do you I'm
0: pay $1,000 and fine a day to keep your cafe open, Amy? I mean, it's you unreal. Know the short
6: answer John. Sean, the short answer is, is, is you don't. And, uh, I mean, this girl this absolutely personifies the American dream. And so, so how do we do this? Uh, we started, one of a local neighbor here started a fundraising campaign campaign on Give, Send, Go. And if you go there, Give, Send, Go, and search for Amy and Jake, uh, you can contribute to this battle because the fact of the matter is she can't afford to do this on her own.
0: We'll continue with Lou Gellermino. He's the attorney for that Staten Island bar owner, Danny Presti. Uh, also the owner of Cafe Rosetta, Amy Heikinen is with us, along with her advocate, uh, Eric Cullinan, uh, and uh, much more on the other side as we continue, the real impact on real businesses. With Lou Gellarmino, he's the attorney for that Staten Island bar owner, Danny Presti. Uh, Also the owner of Cafe Rosetta, Amy Heikinen is with us, along with her advocate, uh, Eric uh, Cullinan. One of the things that is kind of inspiring, and I heard it's your case. I know it's the case with Danny Presti and the whole community in Staten Island has basically come out to support this bar owner and restaurant owner. And, but you know, from what I hear is people are going out of their way to to purchase stuff from you. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I've got all my buddies out here where I live and I'm I'm constantly ordering food that I know I'm never gonna touch. I'm just like, all right, right. I'm gonna have a sampler plate tonight. I'll order three meals instead of one because I mean it's that pivotal for their survival. They're just trying to survive and and not gulp water every day.
7: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We have great support. Lots of people coming from all over the state. People calling from all over the country.
0: What do you specialize in, by the way? I'm kind of interested. What is your if you're going to be the baker of the country? What is it?
7: <laughs> I would call it the Nisu cinnamon roll. It's a well,
0: okay. Uh, now, don't take this the Canadian. wrong way. That is like a drug to me. You <laughs> cannot you cannot put a cinnamon roll in front of me without me like scoffing it down. You know, yep. in seconds. And Warm I'm like a little up, kid. But... I have to, like, have a glass of milk with it. It's so pathetic. It's really bad. Um, <laughs> it's,
6: it's, it's uh, uh, John, if I could jump in here, Sean, I just, uh, I don't know if you remember America's Barber, uh, Carl Mankey, but uh, with the funds that were raised here in the last four or five days, over 40000 now, now, uh, she's been able to retain David Coleman, and he represented America's Barber, Carl Mankey. And so we we got we got him on board. He's he's guiding her, but we're expecting this to cost about a hundred and thirty thousand to fight it all the way through the Supreme Court. And so once again, as an advocate, I just want to encourage everybody to reach out to Give Send Go and look up Amy and Jake and help her I've out. I've never
0: heard of GiveSendGo, Send Go. And you just look up Amy and Jake and you're gonna find out and you can help these people out. You know, uh, and and Lou, I mean, with Danny, what is he doing now? Um I see all these people that want to go in every day. Uh, is he opening? Is he not opening? Is he doing takeout? What is he doing?
5: Sadly, Sean, there's a shutdown order. they've 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 closed the the restaurant and and um, the city has closed the restaurant. The sheriff's have shut it down. Um, Nobody's allowed in it. The public's not allowed in it. My partner and I, Mark Fonti, are actually fighting that as literally as we speak. Um, But unfortunately, um, they won't let anybody in the place right now. The city won't allow anybody in the place right now. Okay, but, you
0: know, a lot of places are putting out, and I even see in New York City, you know, they're putting up these little tents. They even have little private tents for like a dinner for two or four. And, they won't allow and him
5: to do anything, Sean. They anything. won't let
0: this guy do anything. So the guy, basically, and and guy and who's going to pay anything. the rent next month? Who's going to pay the mortgage next month?
5: Well, we're very. Grateful Is
0: De Blasio going to pay for it?
5: Of course not. Uh, of course not. But we're very grateful that there's been a GoFundMe, and and he's he's got a uh, very very big support from the community. So that might help for a month or two. But unfortunately, all he wants to do is make cheeseburgers and serve some beer. Sean, they won't allow him at all. The city has completely shut down the place. And like he I can't said, do, he can't that. do
0: like call in orders and just to get him over the hump. I mean, I know a lot of my friends did that for a while.
5: Nothing. They won't allow nothing. him to do nothing. Because he can't even
0: nothing. go in his own bar.
5: He can't even walk in his own bar without being arrested. They've made it clear that they will rearrest him immediately if him and his partner walks in the
0: bar. Well, he's become like a symbol because he's like, you know, and the town supporting him and the people of Staten Island, New York, supporting him. That's, I'm telling you, it really is unbelievable to me. It really is. Well,
5: I'm, I'm, like I mentioned on your show, I'm so proud of the people of Staten Island. 2,000 of us came out in support of Danny Presti, uh, not a looter, not a rioter. Uh, not a, not a. They actually cleaned up afterwards, Sean. Like I mentioned on the show, we a hundred people stayed to clean up the street afterwards. So I'm so proud of the people of Staten Island. But unfortunately, we have a big battle on our hands against uh, Mayor De Blasio and Governor Cuomo. They are taking this one personally and and putting up every roadblock they, that's imaginable.
0: Yeah, he takes the hardest stand against business people like yeah. Danny. And and if you're uh going to church or synagogue that's his that, that's his biggest thing unbelievable all right we wish you the best please send our best to danny good luck in your case amy we're going to follow you i hope you guys make it and i'm very sorry you're living through it it's tough on you it's tough on your kids your family your business your life it's you know it's these are unbelievable times thank god warp speed god us these vaccines if i think if we can hang on through may we'll, we'll all be back to hopefully getting back to normal all right, 25 to the top of the hour, Eight hundred nine four one. Sean, you want to be a part of the program. Well, like every other conservative, I mean, we've had these little hiccup incidents a lot, and it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And, you know, I've been talking a lot to Dan Bongino about Parler, about, we've been talking to Linda a lot about Rumble, talking about Facebook alternatives, Twitter alternatives, uh, YouTube alternatives, Insta alternatives, because I'll be honest... Um, it's gotten so bad, and now now we see the impact on the presidential race. Right, it's ten seventeen percent of people didn't know that if they would have known all of this about zero experience Hunter and quid pro quo Joe, if the if the mob and big tech, just like the mob and the media that said, oh, there's no evidence, there's no evidence, there's no evidence, there's no evidence, no evidence, no evidence, no 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 yeah, there was.
3: I just want to deal in fact because there is so much speculation out there and there is zero evidence that Hunter Biden or Joe Biden did anything wrong here. We should note again, and you, you and I have said this on the air many times, there is no evidence that Joe Biden was you know, involved in any wrongdoing. Of course, I want to note that there is no evidence that Joe Biden or Hunter Biden has done anything wrong. I just want to reiterate and let's
0: be clear for the viewers. There
1: is no evidence Biden did anything wrong. I'll note again because it's important. There is no, I repeat no. There is no evidence that either Biden did anything illegal. There's been no evidence. There was no evidence. There's
4: no evidence. There is no evidence. There is not an iota of evidence. No No evidence evidence Biden Biden did did anything anything wrong. wrong. There's really no evidence
3: that Joe Biden did anything wrong. wrong. Nobody's ever accused that, uh, I mean, there's no evidence whatsoever that Joe Biden did anything wrong. wrong. Got that? Joe Biden
0: did nothing wrong. Hunter Biden did nothing wrong. There always was.
4: Yeah. Uh, you to him? on the news reaction to the news of the yeah. investigation of your Thank you all. Come
0: on. You know, one of the things that we posted on our Facebook page. Now, I don't do the posting. You know, we have a team. Linda's on the team. Average sweet baby's on the team. Everybody's on the team. Everybody has access to my accounts. But me, I don't want access to my accounts when I want something tweeted, when I want something put up, you know, besides the usual stuff that we put up every day, which is the news of the day. You know, I just send it in and they put it up. Um, and now Facebook has gotten to the point the day we did our monologue on, on Hannity and on radio uh, is the of the remember those Georgia videotapes came out. Remember the testimony that took place in a real hearing. Well, we took the monologue. We took the real hearing. We showed the real tape. The issue of the legitimacy of that tape is not in dispute. You know, just because some people have a different interpretation or opinion. We just had Garland Favorito on the program and went through the whole tape yesterday with the Georgia legislature presenting it and going over slowly exactly what they see happening in that tape. All right. So can people not decide for themselves anymore? Apparently not on our Facebook page. So what's the status of my Facebook account today?
1: So, yeah, the the larger scheme of things is that basically Facebook has an agenda. As we know, um, Mark Zuckerberg had their own observers in at all of these different precincts and polling sites. So while Republican observers were not allowed into various precincts. Detroit, Michigan, we saw that all the windows were boarded up. When you were allowed, even for the recount in Georgia, they were held behind yellow tape lines and red tape lines, and it was 60 to 30 feet, sometimes even more. But people who were hired by Facebook to be a part of the election were allowed in and close and to say that it was biased into an understatement. So what's happened now is Facebook has done what they call fact-checking. And so the fact checkers need to be fact checked. And so fact checking basically means if you don't agree with the liberal agenda, if you don't adhere to what we want to say, we will now completely silence you. So we put up your monologue as we do every day to let folks who maybe missed it or don't don't have access to see it so that they can watch it and hear it on Facebook. So I get an email and they tell me, We're very sorry, but we need you to take down your monologue and we need you to issue a correction stating that you are spreading misinformation. I said, what misinformation? Well, you're saying that um, there were suitcases, there were no suitcases. Okay, call them containers. Final call them containers. No, that's not true. The Secretary of State has said that this is completely not true. No one was asked to leave the arena and there is no video of ballots being double counted. And I'm just like, who said it wasn't true? Well, Raffensperger did. Okay, well, Raffensperger can lie. Is it because he's a Secretary of State he can't lie? The video shows very clearly that there were double batches run. The video shows very clearly that things were pulled out at 1 o'clock in the morning when a bunch of people were asked to leave. We have the affidavits of the people who said that they had to leave, not to mention the fact that the, the state, the Republican Senate of Georgia, issued a statement saying that anything that is presented to a committee— during a hearing is considered evidence. Therefore, there is no way to say that it is true or not true until it is deemed by that committee, which is that body of law overseeing it. So Facebook and Raffensperger have no say on this. It has to be ruled on by the state Senate of Georgia, who has not said that it's not true.
0: You know, I, I, why don't we try to call Zuckerberg? Why don't we ask him to come on the program? You think he'll come? Oh, yeah. I got him on <laughs> speed dial. What well, happened to call. our buddy Ad Jack? You used to be friends with Ad Jack. I don't know I that mean, I, 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 would I call literally him had a friend. serious conversation with Dan Bongino because he, he actually uh, is one of the he's a small owner in parlor. I said, you know, I'd invest in that because I just want to see it succeed. And he goes, I can make it happen. I said, you know what? I'm I have to get permission to do everything in my life by four hundred thousand lawyers. But I mean, honestly, I will tell you why because I want these I want these alternatives to succeed. And people would think, well, no, that's just going to be a conservative conspiracy theory. Look, I don't care what people write about me or what they want to say online. You know, the idea that we're all offended all the time by whatever people put up there. How many times have I said on this show that when I see, for example, when I, when I used to spend more time on these, these dopey social sites, which I don't do anymore, how many times would I say, "My gosh, people are so clever and funny," even if they're making fun of me?
1: Right, but what we this need is more serious is a, than that. This is that?
0: actual information. Well, that's the point. This I mean, is it, a
1: little different. It's not like it, we're
0: just calling people names. No, memes. but but my point is larger than that. My point is, is that if you're going to be a provide a forum for speech, then provide the forum now. There's going to be crap on there that people post that other people don't like, you know. And, I, and But I don't want to censor people from calling me any name they want to call me. I don't care. See, but I, I use be- a
1: different word for this. It's not censorship. This is controlling a narrative. This is suppression. Okay, but that's
0: to say you, you're missing my whole point. You, you're missing my whole point. No, I'm not. I Pay attention. This is important. I am saying that we have to let everybody put up everything they want including the New York Post. And that means if you don't agree or you don't like it or somebody else on that site wants to fact check it, that you have the discussion and it's free. In other words, there's no censoring of information. Let people decide, even if your precious little sensibilities are offended. You know, the idea that, you know, years ago people would be so offended by Howard Stern, nobody forced you to listen to him. Or, or me, or Imus, or Rush, or Mark. Nobody forces anybody. Uh, you know, we can't force people, but for these, for these companies to now be making editorial decisions. So, what is, so we went from how many people see in our monologues a day to how many people?
1: Hundreds of thousands of people were able to see your monologue and listen to it. And because they felt that what you said was quote-unquote misinformation and misleading the general public into a direction that they do not approve of, They have now throttled the account. So instead of reaching hundreds of thousands, your monologue this morning reached 19 people. 19,
0: 19 19. whopping people. 19 special people. How did those 19 people like? They became the lucky uh, sweepstake winners. Well, they're probably.
1: It's really strange. Like people get like alerts. Like, hey, we posted this, and you get like an alert. Like, oh, so and so posted something. Like when you post a picture or whatever. The difference here is that we say, oh, Sean Hannity has done a posting, and typically it would be your monologue. But instead of now letting that posting occur, that's not happening. So people that come and look at it are like, oh, yeah, there's something new here. And a lot of people go to our website as well. But what we want to encourage people to do wholeheartedly is the only change that's going to happen is the change that we create, and then we do that with our dollars. So you need to move your eyes, move your dollars, move your accounts, to places like Parler, to places like MeWe, to places like Rumble. Like, Rumble.com is not like YouTube. They're leaving everything up so that you can figure out for yourself because you are an, a citizen of the United States and you're able to form your own thought. You don't need them to take down all of the election information because YouTube has deemed that Biden is now our president. Biden is not our no, president. No, but
0: and that was my point about me. I wasn't making it about me, but I was saying, like, I have no problem it, and again, if I'm making it personal, but I'm saying you can unload on me. I want a site where you can unload on Hannity. No, I, I hear you. But you can here's put up. <laughs> a, I, I want a site where you're not going to censor the New York Post. I want a site where you can call Donald Trump any name you want. That's but what right. I want. So
1: my point is, Sean, that if Rachel Maddow wanted to say that Trump hid something on his taxes and she makes a whole big to do about it on her show. Right. And then yeah. the day comes and it's all for naught. There's nothing there. But they will print that story like it's true. Of course.
0: Well, that's and there will be no counter narrative.
1: That is the that, whole thing.
0: That is we, now, that is the real, that's the bigger story even. If exactly. there is a bigger story on Hunter Biden and, and Joe.
1: Exactly I mean, right.
0: You know, because that now, their donation, that became an in-kind donation of the Democratic Party. They were withholding information from the public. That, and, and they're making that editorial decision Based entirely on their own world view. Now, the problem with some people in free speech is freedom of speech goes both ways, and but I actually put a lot of faith in people. You know, th- th- there's nobody that I want to know in life that would support any racist posting or anti-Semitic posting or any of this stuff. You know, th- these crazy people also get in these sites too. I don't. I don't know what the answer is on all of these. Now we get a little little more deeper in terms of complications in terms of what you're going to allow content-wise or not. Um, or people, it just gets, it just, it adds a level of complication. But I will, But I'm telling you, they're not going to fix it. I have no faith Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. I have no faith in any of them that they're ever going to be fair to conservatives. I just don't. And but so it's not about being fair to sites, conservatives. I mean, I'm strongly supporting all of them at this point.
1: Right. But my whole point is that it's about a narrative. This is not about just censorship. Like we wouldn't want anybody to be putting things up where you hurt children, where you put pornography, Obviously. where you say where you say things about uh, where you use uh, bad language, you know, where it doesn't have a rating, you know, all these different things. Right. And And so at any given point, these are different things that we're doing. This is a completely different thing. This is political
0: content and censorship. I get it.
1: My point, Sean, is that we are dealing with something that's bigger than censorship. This isn't just censorship. This is suppression and control. This is willfully misleading the American people by deleting information, removing information and telling people this is what you have to think, whether it's about COVID, whether it's about Biden, whether it's about your monologue, because you're asking questions. We are now a society that cannot ask questions. When did that happen? If it's someone is admitting something as evidence and a body of law in a state is saying this is evidence and for you to say anything against it, for you to defame this video that we are currently investigating is libel. And they say, we don't care. We're Facebook. It's a lie. Raffensperger said it's fine. What is Raffensburger the end all to beat all now?
0: The problem is this has been incremental now for a long time. This is not a once over this has been building in schools. It has been building in society. It is this wokeness that we all talk about, you know. And, and maybe it started with conservatives not liking some content on radio or TV or whatever, you know, not recognizing the obvious, which is you can always change the the channel. Well, the same with social media. Nobody's forcing you to be on these sites, but when you take a decided political view, at and Absolutely silence another point of view. At that point, now you are controlling everything. We're in agreement on that. I think it's yeah, multi-layered. That is well very, said. Very well. It's multifaceted. It's, it, it's more complicated, maybe, than we even are describing. But it's simple and complicated at the same time. You know, it's exactly right. Much and I think
1: when you, you have don't to have, have all a willingness sides. to be
0: to, to, to take on speech you don't like,
1: like we're having a conversation right now. We're not agreeing on every every aspect of this conversation, but we're having it. That's what human beings do. They have conversation, they have discourse. Most people
0: just throw and yell at each other. Kidding. (laughs) I thought you'd like that. All right, I got to take a break. We'll come back on the other side and continue. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Uh, Hannity tonight, set your DVR 9 Eastern. Watching in the Supreme Court, Kaylee McEnany, Rudy Giuliani, Rick Ranell, Joe Concha, Tammy Bruce. Jason Chaffetz, oh, and that prosecutor in the McCloskey case in St. Louis, he is now off the case. All happening tonight at 9. See you then. Have a great weekend back here on Monday.